They scream and they run, but that's part of the fun. Cause the ogres are coming to get ya! Always hungry for more. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show, it's Nathan and GJ with you today. This episode is all about news. We've got Warhammer Fantasy news, well, sort of, the kind of news that we get these days, which is Old World and uh, Total War, but we'll take what we can get. And boy, it's almost as if we've got a game here that is active and being supported. And this is, this is weird, I'm not used to this anymore, I'm not used to all of this stuff coming out for our game i feel i feel a little bit spoiled i don't know it's it's weird to have to keep up with stuff and uh, i'm really excited though we got a couple things on the show to talk about the first one being ogres uh their inclusion in total war warhammer 3 which i think was always pretty obvious to anyone who could decipher a map of the warhammer world and and knew what this new Total War Warhammer 3 map was going to look like. Uh, the the ogres kind of smack dab in the middle of things, so they are now officially showing up, and they got their own song, which is kind of amazing. Uh, we're also going to talk about today something that came out a little bit ago, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it when it dropped, which is the map of the Border Princes that came out for Warhammer the Old World. A lot of interesting stuff there, and uh, a nice map of an area that really hasn't ever gotten much attention as far as uh, topography goes. So exciting things in there, little tidbits, some juicy morsels for us to snack on, bringing this back to our hungry, hungry boys. Uh, before we do that, though, let's do a little bit of news and hobby. Uh, GJ, how have you been doing on the hobby front? Well, it's still uh, Dark Elves for me. Um, I have finished my two repeater bolt throwers, and I am now slowly working on some Corsairs. And uh, to do that, I started off with uh, airbrushing the cloaks green, going for that 6th uh, edition look with the green uh, dragon skin cloaks. The, the sea dragon cloaks. Oh, yes, yeah. And uh, as I had my airbrush out, I thought, well, I'm also going to do some uh, um, some ogres. So I, I had uh, I had already built uh, six of the plastic ogres, three lead belchers, and three regular bulls. And I put together the 8th um, edition Golkvac, uh, I believe he is, yeah. So uh, Golkvac Maneater. And uh, so those seven ogres, I just um, I found a nice recipe for uh, for an ogre skin tone, and I uh, mixed uh, the base color for that, which was Buckman's Glow with, I believe it was Incubi Darkness. So a little bit of a deep purplish skin tone as the as the shadow, and then I'm gonna work from that to the uh, lighter tones. Uh, so yeah, I've got some. Um, half undercoated uh, or half base coated ogres sitting on my desk and uh, the corsairs which are slowly getting uh, the colors that they need uh, got uh, the the faces uh, i think i'm at uh, let me see i didn't have time to paint today or yesterday but i believe i left it off at uh, i did some washing and now it's uh, th that has been drying and now i can uh, go on to the next stage nice very nice 
so you know, you can use those ogres with your Dark Elves canonically. And I'm just glad you mentioned both of those armies because I was looking through the ogre book today in preparation for this episode. And I found this cool little tidbit in their history section on the 8th Ed Ogre book. And it's called Ogres at the Dark Tower. And this happens in the year 1877 of the Imperial Calendar. Ogre mercenaries make it to Nagaroth where they are captured. The astounding part is that they impress the Dark Elves so much that they aren't tortured, as is customary, but are instead hired to guard the tower. (laughs) I I think that's really cool. So if you want to, you can uh, give them some Dark Elf bits and uh, have them as uh, part of your Dark Elf tower guard. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then just have to find a way to work that into my games. Mm -hmm. I can... uh probably do it in some way if i play with the uh, hero hammer rules because then you can take allies yes and in sixth yeah. edition ogres uh, or at least regular ogres maybe also the lead belchers i'm not sure i'll look it up real quick they they can count as dogs of war there we go there we go um but i have no idea how to work that in 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 seventh or eighth edition seventh edition also includes still dogs of war Might i have. don't think so i don't think so officially i although the dogs of war book was never replaced so no get those um updates in white dwarfs later in the uh, warhammer annual and chronicles yeah that could well be uh i think if you're looking to use them in eighth edition uh you just open up the ogre book to that page and then you point at it and then your opponent just has to (laughs) accept it because uh, that is canonically what happened uh, yeah, that's true. And yeah. if your opponent didn't specify at what date range you were playing the game, then no. you get to say that it is, in fact, the year 1877 on the Imperial calendar. <laughs> that's how <laughs> that's how this game works, right? That's uh, how you can make sure that you will not be able to play many games in the future against that opponent. That is probably true. <laughs> well, well, you do have the... Uh, um, if you play with the uh, Triumph and Treachery expansion Mm. in 8th edition uh, which it is of course a multiplayer expansion but it says there's nothing against using those rules for uh, two-player games Um, if you do that you can have uh, apart from your regular army also a sort of allied contingent which has to have its own leader and uh, all the units from the same roster but there are no restrictions whatsoever so you could have a Bretonian force of say 2,000 points and I believe it's, it's 100 points per 500 points of the main army so uh, 2,000 Bretonians and then 400 points of maybe dark elves or ogres or chaos or doesn't really matter what you take there mm-hmm. so uh, yeah play with those rules get those nice little cards backstabbing all the time I really got to play that someday. It sounds like just so much fun. It is. Yeah, I only played it once, but I can highly recommend it, and I can't wait to do it again. Fantastic. So how about you, mate? Well, uh, on the hobby front, uh, unfortunately, things are as non-existent as they have been recently. But I did want to take this time to shout out uh, some of our War, uh, War Games Orchard Uh, listeners who have started participating in our super serious paint challenge which is our new monthly 
uh, miniature painting challenge uh, where you paint one miniature to a very silly theme. And we've already got an entrance, an entrant, an entrance. Oh my goodness. We, we've gotten a miniature <laughs> from Matt Miller, uh, who is also one of our patrons. So thanks, Matt. And uh, he's actually put a few halflings on a base and uh, he has a wonderful little diorama on our Facebook page of them facing off against a Minotaur. It's pretty fantastic. It's a strong showing. And I know we've got some that are in the works as well, including my own, uh, which has gotten very, very silly. My first inclination was to do a Chaos Warrior of Malal, the, uh, the kind of missing god of chaos who was the... I believe the god of law, but he uh, he was always an opposite to the, the four main powers. And I was going to do something like that. And then I kind of went off the rails a little bit with, with mine. And so now I'm actually making a full-on diorama. And it's going to have some real Lassie vibes. I don't know if you're familiar with Lassie, GJ. Uh, but it's the uh, famous yeah, the, dog. Yeah, the, the dog that, uh, yeah, yeah. fell down the well. Yeah, exactly. Always saving dumb children. Uh, yeah, so it's it's yeah. it's it's gone in that direction. Uh, I don't want to give it too much away, but uh, I've started working on that. And I am super, super excited to see what our community comes up with uh, for the rest of this month. If you want to join us, you can find that on the Warhammer Orchard, which is our community Facebook page. And just ask to join. We're really nice. We'll let you in. Uh, if you're already a member, uh, definitely try out our painting challenge this month. is holding out for an unlikely hero. And GJ, you were nice enough to put uh, Bobo the Wonder Snotling uh, in the chat <laughs> yeah, there. Uh, with his my, uh, uh, with my high school painting skills. Yeah. Yeah, and his uh, his banner of it's not really a banner; it's more of like a trophy. Uh, one of the original uh, orc banner tops. If you have your sixth edition orc command sprue, um, you can have either this uh, cow skull banner, or you can have uh, an actual cloth banner that you can paint some uh, orcish mm. iconography on. Nice. And so, yeah, he's got this uh, this big cow skull banner with a bunch of skulls hanging off of it. All of the things that I have no doubt he killed himself. Definitely. Yes, 100%. of course. Yeah. <laughs> because he is so mighty. Yeah, so join us on the Warhammer Orchard if you haven't already. Uh, we're going to have lots of fun painting up these miniatures over the course of this month. And you've got all the way until the end of November to do that. Yeah, I hope uh, I, I have actually ordered a miniature to participate in this challenge, and I hope it arrives on time. It's one that I had wanted for a long time, and it's it's a very cute miniature of a little girl holding a stuffed bunny. And the reason I fell in love with this is because I saw someone who had painted it up as a young von Karstein vampire leading an army. So now I'm not going to do a vampire. I am going to probably make up a backstory about how uh, the girl and her bunny uh, saved the village or something. But uh, it's, it's a really nice miniature that uh, I, I really hope will arrive in time. So that's uh, going to be my entry if it's, um, if it's not going to be too late. Oh, I can't wait to see that. That'll be a lot of fun. All right. Shall we move along to our uh, big boys? 
coming in hot to Total War Warhammer 3 with their own song and dance number, of all things. Yeah, what was your reaction seeing that trailer? I kind of loved it. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was really fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I listened to it a couple of times back to back, and uh, I got this song stuck in my head, and I don't mind it one bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For yeah, a it's, race... It's a really great ta- trailer, yeah. Yeah, for, for a race that I find as horrifying as the Ogres, and we mentioned this on the uh, Patreon Halloween episode about things that scare us in the Warhammer world, uh, Ogres scare me. I, I There's something about, like, just giant big old cannibals... Uh, coming at you and, and you, you know exactly what they're going to do there's no mystery to ogres right uh, no they're going to eat you yeah they're, they're going to eat you and yeah, they sing about it they're going to eat you yeah they're they're very clear honestly if, of anything that you could uh hold against ogres you know it's not that they're deceptive they are no uh, definitely not no. <laughs> they are they are exactly what's on the tin here uh, I thought it was very charming. I was just like, oh, ogres, got your little song about how you're going to eat everybody. I loved it. Uh, I thought the the animation, the whole thing was was very fun, but also very grizzly, grizzly and gory. And it was a, an interesting kind of walking of the line between those those two things. This, I don't think anyone's really surprised that that we're getting ogres. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, as long as you could have a decent grasp of the geography of the warhammer world you kind of knew that ogres were coming i am a little disappointed that they are the early order reward for like pre-purchasing total war warhammer 3 i kind of thought they had learned this lesson with the chaos warriors in total war warhammer 1 and how that was negatively received because they did basically the same thing with that and then they I think they didn't do it for the second one, and now it seems like we've got back to this kind of pre-order reward thing. I don't appreciate pre-orders at the best of time, and especially if you lock things behind it, so I don't like that very much, but I guess it's, you know, that's the way they've chosen to make money with this. I wasn't going to buy the game right when it came out anyway, because that's way too much money to pay when I can buy it on Steam sale in like six or seven months and get it for you know 75 percent off um you're you're not a total war warhammer player though are you no i've, I've never opened uh, that kind of worms um and the reason being is that i know that if i start something like that i want to have all of it so uh, if i even buy Let's say one of the older games, I do want all the expansion packs, and then I want the other games with all the expansion packs. And just thinking about how much money that is, I think, yeah, I also want all the different Warhammer units that are playable, at least in editions 4 through 8. So I'd rather spend my money on those actual miniatures that I'm probably never going to paint, although I might be able to convince my kids to join the hobby later on so uh maybe get a little army of painters going on here yeah that's uh that's a very conscious choice of me to not dabble with uh, those computer games other than the ones that i know and love from the past like uh, um dark omen is my my absolute favorite so 
I, I love the trailers. I love watching, uh, learning stuff about the game, and and especially how it interacts with the tabletop game. But other than that, no, I I, I think it's better if I don't uh, if I don't buy it. I can't really argue with your reasoning there. It's very good reasoning, and it is a hole with no bottom, especially if you're starting with Total War Warhammer 3, then you have two full games of not just the games themselves, but like a thousand little bits of DLC. Uh, a good deal of it is free, but a good deal of it is not free, and it is a very expensive game to en to own in full. I've had Total War Warhammer now for... a few years i want to say maybe just two and i bought both games on sale at the same time and then i've just been slowly picking away at the dlc and i still don't have two full complete games or anything like that there's just so much mm -hmm. there uh but it is it is a really really incredible thing to have for a, a warhammer fan if you're you have to be into computer gaming as well right you need to kind of like that type of game the the yeah. total war type of game but i feel like there's a lot of overlap between people who enjoy playing uh miniature war games and people who like grand strategy games you know that venn diagram might be one circle almost it's uh it's <laughs> a, 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 the perfect yeah, no, I, I, is the perfect agree with you i yeah. i have some uh, experience with uh, rome total war uh, which I played in uh, my my early uh, college years. So uh, and that was also when I was playing Warhammer. So yeah, and I know that those those kinds of games they really go well together. So just having Total War Warhammer as a concept, it's it's well, I'm not gonna say a match made in heaven, but pretty close at least. Yeah, the great thing about what's this game is done, and I, I remember mentioning this on the, the Total War Warhammer episode that we did as a look at the series itself, is just really keeping the game in the consciousness of, of players and, and maybe people who haven't even played the, the tabletop game, right? Just keeping it relevant, keeping the, the world alive, and it's it's one of those... That, one other thing that we have before Warhammer the Old World comes out... And I really, really am excited to see if, as we've kind of speculated here, and it's it's always much more fun to speculate that things are going to be in Warhammer the Old World than not having them in Warhammer the Old World, Old World uh, because it gives us stuff to talk about. What's really neat about these ogres as they appear in this upcoming game is that, and I've seen this broken down by a... Uh, youtuber that specializes in total war warhammer and he was able to kind of discern from this uh total war blog post about the ogre kingdom's campaign mechanics that they were going to get pretty much every unit that they had in their eighth edition book plus uh rhinox riders which were a forge world only unit and uh, never appeared in any ogre kingdom's army book and if that's the case, they're going to have a monstrous roster when when this game comes out. The Basically, the, the full, any model that ever existed, except for some of the special characters, should be here at launch for these guys. And that is, is kind of uh, wonderful, especially if you, like me, uh, like ogres and enjoy playing them. 
As far as news, though, unlike Cathay, of course, we're familiar with the Ogre roster. There's really nothing to go over in that sense. But we do know that Scrag the Slaughterer and Gracious Goldtooth are the starting lords for this game. And that made me think, okay, well, they always like to have uh, lords come out through DLC. And I think Golfag is definitely one that we'll, we'll see very soon because he is he is the classic ogre character even back in the battle book in 1996 when fifth edition comes out if you flip to the ogre page which was also something i did today uh it spends most of it talking about golfag and his his exploits with his mercenary ogres which is kind of neat uh he's he's a really important part of the the lore for for ogres is there any of the other special characters that you would like to see represented, either in uh, this game or, I guess, the old world? The problem with the old world is, where it's a historical basis, I don't think ogres are any longer lived than humans. So we actually shouldn't see, if they go to the old world, any of the familiar characters. No, that's a good point. That's uh, I, I am hoping that... Uh... Precious Goldtooth will be at least available as a model because I still don't own him. Um, but other than that, most of the Ogre special characters and Ogre units are at this moment still available from Games Workshop. And I think that they might even maybe rebrand them and, and just keep the range the same as they did for Age of Sigmar and have them uh, released. So, yeah, I, I'm. let me... Get my Ogre Kingdoms book here real quickly because there's this uh, nice little timeline in that you referred to earlier. Um, but the let's see, was set around a uh, period calendar. No, there's not really any any names here. In uh, from what you said, the Ogres at the Dark Tower in 1877. It jumps straight from uh, from there to. The Great War Against Chaos, 2302. And uh, it doesn't really mention any names of any ogres that are uh, li like big historical guys that were present at that time. So I'm really curious to see what could be done there. There's, this, I think, still a world of possibility for some nice historical ogre characters that we haven't seen represented in some way shape or form I, I i'm i'm curious to see what they will do with that for sure and ogres are actually a little bit lucky in terms of what happened to them in age of sigmar because they didn't lose much of their range it's still mostly in production meaning that and i think this is going to be the case for a lot of what we see in the or at least in the early days of the old world is Games Workshop kind of re-releasing those fantasy kits uh, for dual use for Age of Sigmar and for this Warhammer the Old World. I think Ogres is one that they could kind of get from from the start if they're going to include them. And I believe everything is still available uh, apart from Grecia's Gold to it, even the special characters. Yeah, yeah. So, and... yeah. Yes, yeah, so, like there's so many here that, that there's so many things that got ported over. If I can wish list a little bit though, plastic man eaters. We need plastic oh man eaters yeah. and they need to have this kit needs to come with about 400 bits in it. 
so you can yeah, just yeah just just uh, one one basic body shape and then all the different arms and heads and everything uh, I, I do love those uh, themed man eaters that they have and I uh, the, the the pirate and the the lady with uh, uh, with with rolling pin and everything but if you can make it into a kit that will will have uh, will let you customize those man eaters any way you want that would be so awesome yeah that's that's really all i want for ogre christmas is 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 that everything else in this range if it's not new it holds up pretty well I've never been a huge fan of the Gorgers, but that was always just a style thing. I just didn't think they looked very much like ogres, even like ogres that had gone feral. Uh, they always looked to me like completely different creatures, but that's that's just a minor quibble. Uh, otherwise, I, I really enjoy this range. I don't tend to enjoy Games Workshop's paint schemes of this range too much. I, I feel like they're the the skin tones for ogres at least for the ogre miniatures look a little bit better if they're a little bit more unnatural uh i i think you've got a good thing going on the way that you described it earlier and uh for my own ogres i go for a much more grayish skin tone and i find that that yeah, makes that's them look what, a lot what more they sinister did in, uh, sixth edition mm -hmm. they've got this greenish gray skin tone yeah, so that is uh, that is kind of what we've got for ogres right now. There's there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff. If you're a Total War player, check out the uh, TotalWar.com blog uh, about Warhammer Total War. There's a new one up that tells you all about the play style of the ogres. We're not going to go into that because we don't really cover the video game. We more cover it as a uh, accessory to the tabletop stuff. And I'm not a good enough Total War player to, to tell you if it looks good, <laughs> to be honest. I like to go in and mess around in Total War. I am, I don't think I've ever finished a game of Total War. I, I go in and I'll play a bunch and I'll conquer a bunch of territories. And then I'll be like, oh, I wonder what it would be like if I played as these guys instead. And then I'll switch. And I never finish anything, which is uh, not surprising if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time. <laughs> Uh, so, GJ, let's, unless you, you feel like digging into some more ogre business, uh, why don't we well, move over to the Border Princes? There's one thing I'd like your opinion on. Oh, uh, yes. That is uh, concerning the trailer. Uh, at, at some point in the trailer, you see uh, an ogre walking past with some dead humanoid thing on a, on a big plate. And I have absolutely no idea what that can be. Uh, do, do you have any clue? Do, do you even know what I'm talking about? I know exactly like what you're talking about because oh, I <laughs> I was also trying to figure that out. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to we're gonna go and do some... Uh... If, if you want, the, I've got it here in front of me. If you look at the trailer, it's at about uh, 55 second mark. Okay, perfect. Yeah, let's let's try and suss this out because I am. Oh, you know what that is? That's a skink. That's one of the things that I thought it could be, but I don't know where they got it be a skink. A little bit more scaly. But I think it's just that it's its underside is showing and it's a little bit further yeah. from the camera. But I, I, that has to be a skink. Just the the gold bracelet, the blue tones, the the long kind of muzzle that it's or not muzzle, but it's it's got like that yeah, long the, lizard like snout, neck, uh, and it, yeah. it looks like the um, it looks like its tongue is lolling out. It's the only yeah. thing I can think of is is a skink. 
Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was bothering me earlier, and then I forgot about it. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't... was one of the things I thought I thought about, but then later on dismissed because I thought it, this is not what a skink should look like. But yeah, I think it's just yeah. the odd angle that you see it. But I, I, that's that's all I can think of. I might be wrong, but I don't think so in this case. I do. That looks pretty skinky to me. Yeah, yeah because uh, in the uh, Kislev trailer, um, right at the end of the the Kislev trailer, when uh, uh, the Tsarina um, Elsa is uh, fighting the the big bloodthirster, you see a map that points to Cathay. So that was a hint, like, oh, are we going to get Cathay? And then in the end, we did. Uh, so with that in mind, I was looking at this trailer and I, at the Ogre Song, and I was thinking, well, you see a bat roasting, so that might be a reference to vampire counts. You see this thing, which might be a skink or might be some sort of... I was thinking Demonette, even, as uh, all the others are fighting chaos at some point. So, um, yeah, does this tell us that we are going to see um, vampire counts, lizardmen, stuff like that in uh, upcoming releases? That's a good question. I mean, at some point, you're going to be able to play all three games together and then have like a huge map of the Warhammer world uh, and, and then play as, as the separate races. What I'm thinking, and I don't know how they could do this unless this map is going to be a lot bigger than i think it was going to be but uh south of the mountains of morn and below the haunted forest you you kind of get to the coastline and that's where the dragon isles are and there's feral lizard men in the lore uh so lizard men that that don't have any slan to guide them and they living on the dragon isles and i just wonder if maybe that is a reference to that because uh, that those would be the closest lizard be, men yeah. geographically to where the ogre kingdoms are other than that i don't know that's a really interesting thing that you've uh, stumbled on here <laughs> i don't know if it means anything or if they just thought it would be funny to have a skink on a plate uh and it is quite frankly so uh kudos yeah yeah hmm. well yeah you know how how fandoms are they are always looking for hidden meanings and hidden messages and everything. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's, I was going to say, there's there's some some decent stuff over when we get to the Border Princes here in a moment, uh, as far as, oh, like, yeah. things that, that give you hints go. Um, yeah, that's, oh, that's got me thinking now about all these these ogres. Here's the thing, and, and before we get off of, of Total War here, we have to be getting Chaos Dwarfs, right? Like it, it has to, they have to they, come. They are, I don't know if they they're are, They are right in there. Yeah. But they're right. I mean, right. If, if you, if you have uh, Kislev on the left side of the map and you have Cathay on the right side of the map and yeah, Ogres are smack bang in the middle and Chaos Dwarfs are between Ogres and Kislev. So mm -hmm. geographically speaking, they should be there. Yeah. Which makes me think, how big is this game going to be on launch? Because if you have all four of the Chaos Gods represented, which is, we, we assume that's what we're getting, and that would make sense, and each one of them is its own faction, then you have uh, Cathay, and you have Kislev, and you have the Ogres. We're already up to seven factions there, which is almost double what 
was released when Total War, Warhammer 1, and Warhammer 2 came out. And if we're adding in Chaos Dwarfs, which just makes sense, I, I assume we would be getting some variation of the Forge World range uh, from, from 8th edition. Like, that is, that's almost double the size. I think it is double the size, because I think the Total War Warhammer 2 was Skaven, Lizardmen, Dark Elves, and High Elves? And then... Don't ask me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm phrasing that as a question. I know you're, I know you're not, uh, not the guy to ask here. But I, I do think it was about four uh, factions at launch. So just something to keep an eye on if you're a Total War Warhammer fan. I think now we can safely say that we're going to get Chaos Dwarfs at some point. It just makes ge too much geographic sense for us to not get them. Uh, the question will be, when do we get them? But... Uh, yeah, it'll be be really interesting to see. Yeah, so let's let's move on though, uh, and let's yeah. hit on the map of the Border Princes. This was cool, and hey, look at this! It was a total, or it was a uh, old world update that didn't take seven months in between uh, when it came out and and the last one. What a uh, triumph by Games Workshop! The only the problem team. with this update is that they planned it uh, smack bang in the middle of our storm of chaos episodes yes they did that just to spite me uh it's because i complained <laughs> last time and they were like oh really so you want to have things to talk about well here you go uh i i will forgive them because this is a really unexplored region throughout basically every edition of warhammer fantasy occasionally you'd get you'd get little names of places but the border princes have always been this just choose your own adventure of uh have a place to fight or you you wanted to make your own empire or bretonian kind of pseudo faction and uh you needed a place to to put them on the world map it's it's always been that kind of thing and it is neat to see and they are very specific here when they say that this is a snapshot of the border princes and that the border princes are always shifting uh kingdoms come and go things get destroyed things get rebuilt so this is just take it as it is kind of thing and i i yeah. respect that because it still kind of keeps it open for players who want to be like oh you know i have a my own lore is a you know a, a bretonian baron who is disgraced and he goes to the border princes and carves out his own uh own realm there and yeah, you can you can still do that, but this gives you some really interesting ideas as well. Looking at this map, uh, there's a lot of the little shields on it, uh, which always kind of denote your 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 factions here. And what I love about these is that pretty much all of the northern human nations are represented here. You get uh, kingdoms that are obviously offshoots of Bretonia, the Empire, and uh, the Estalia slash Talian regions. Yeah, and, and even and, one that is, uh, it's called uh, Uvitovsk, which is, it's got, it's got so many consonants that it has to be like <laughs> uh, Eastern European or like, say, Kislev or... Uh, um, the northern uh, regions so yeah and uh... yeah you're absolutely right yeah then and, and the big bear on the shield is a is a dead giveaway for yes. that guy too and one thing i wanted to ask you about because i know you are a big 
fan of Dark Omen uh, and and the uh, the adventures of uh, uh, Commander Bernhardt. Bernhardt. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you call me Commander. Call me Commander. <laughs> and I remember playing through it, and you you do start off in the Border Princes. And I just was wondering if they put anything in here as a reference to that. And I think maybe there is here. I, I feel like the town of Munzing uh, might be a place that you you make a stop. I, it's it's actually hard to remember because there's like 40 or 50 odd missions in that game. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Um, but you, you remember uh, Commander Bernhardt's friend uh, Sven Carlson. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, uh, from the Border Princes. From the Border Princes. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was really hoping to see some. Uh... The uh, Dark Omen is uh, set in the time of Emperor Karl Franz and Lewin Leon Kerr, so which is, yeah, as we would say, the current time. Say, uh, maybe uh, a couple of decades before the the world uh, didn't blow up, <laughs> and. We are looking here at the snapshot that is uh, a couple of hundred years before that. So yes, of course. We might not see the same things here. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I do remember you go to uh, some towns in the Empire as well. Uh, Bogenhafen, uh, Grisberg. But I'm not quite sure if you also visit any towns in the... Uh, in the border princess well you, you do go with with uh, in the, in the beginning of the game you do go down south with uh, Carlson because he calls for aid and you find off some orcs in the border princess and then you report back and, and then you got the whole uh, x bite pass and then helm guard and then you go to um Sylvania and and all the other uh, all the rest of the campaign but there's not much not much time spent in the Border Prince, at least in Dark Omen. Oh, you know what? It might be a bit more in Shadow of the I Warfare. think I'm thinking of Shadow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think I, you, you I, spend I more time there in Shadow. I still have to finish that game at some point. Uh, I mean, Dark I, I, Omen's so much better. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, here's the thing. Shadow of the Horned Rat is fun. It's it's really fun and silly. The graphics are, you know, you, you can kind of make out sort of what might be happening if you squint. But other than that, like the it's worth playing through just for the story and for like the wonderful, fun little cutscenes. As far as a game goes, Dark Omen is so so much better. Yes. <laughs> it's so much more functional. Um, but yeah, I I think I'm thinking of Shadow of the Horned Rat. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I I can't help you there. I played Dark Omen before I ever got Shadow, so Dark Omen is still my go-to Warhammer game. We've been talking about doing a Dark Omen episode for for months. Actually, we have, so. we have, and it's yeah, maybe we should. We really, point. really should. I want to do one so badly. It's just I I need to kind of play through the game to to be able to talk about it, and it's just yeah. the the time and the the effort because I spent a lot of time playing through Shadow of the Horned Rat because it's it's very I wouldn't call it like brutally hard, but you kind of have to exploit it a bit, I found, to, to win, right? You, you can't really play as I think the game intended, or, or maybe that is how they intended it. Uh, so in Shadow of the Horned Rat, it was Schnappelberg 
that you started off in in the border right yeah and i'm pretty sure i don't see a schnappelberg on this uh on this map and there was also the town of holst uh and then that's when you met sven carlson um and yeah he he uh, got kidnapped there or something like that right he uh or his family got kidnapped yeah his, his family his his town gets attacked by the skaven while you're out like he's out partying with you and by partying i mean like fighting orcs and goblins yeah partying. and uh yeah party exactly <laughs> um but yeah i don't i don't see any of the locations that were in shadow healing so uh that's a giant failure on games workshop's part they should probably take this post up and then fix that uh and uh mark out schnappelberg for me I, yeah I or maybe schnappelberg didn't exist yet that's true or, or, that's or true. it did exist uh under another name mm. i mean why would you ever rename schnappelberg i guess that's it is yeah you, but you start with yeah. a city that's not named schnappelberg and you're like you know what this looks like Let's a schnappelberg. Schnappelberg. <laughs> this is a schnappelberg <laughs> <laughs> um okay let's let's oh man this is a silly episode this is a late night episode uh for for the listeners well, for me it, it is it but, is uh... for gj uh i'm just i'm just tired from life so that's that's my excuse <laughs> <laughs> like uh yeah uh one thing i wanted to talk about uh when we start looking at these maps and we start seeing the zoomed in pictures here we get some really neat ideas of these little uh baronies or dukedoms or kingdoms whatever they they want to be the one that really grabbed me is the one uh the farthest north and uh to the east and it's called harken and it's a black shield yeah it's a black shield with uh with a goblet with with red drops in it uh is are we gonna see pre-lustrian luther harken Oh, that's a good one. Um, let's see. Well, Harkin was was from uh, Lamia, right? He is a yeah. He's a Lamian uh, by blood, at least, or by I guess yeah. undead blood. But he was in. Uh, he, he was part of Lamia's harbor guard, and his uh, relative uh, Wallach was the palace guard. Uh, according here to the Warhammer wiki, which I did not just pull up and started reading out. But, well, it says here that he passed out of history until um, the Imperial Calendar 876, when it is recorded that a Norsecan raiding party attacked an Imperial merchant ship and took everything of value from within the holds. And that included the sarcophagus of Luther Harkin. And then the Norse ship headed to Lustria. So that's how Luther, in, at least, ended up in uh, Lustria. So oh. maybe it's not Luther Harkin, but it's um, his uh, cousin, Wallach. That's a possibility. The, the Where's Wallach, uh, who never got a miniature. <laughs> okay. So let me see real quick how that works. What, what has he been doing? Uh, he came to Blood which is a fortress guarding the mountain pass to Britonia. And he was the... Uh, he had the, the, the blood knights uh, and everything. So yeah, blood keep. Is that, uh, is that in the border princess? No, that was kind of towards the Grey Mountains, I believe. So I think, yeah. I, oh man, I so wanted this to be Harkin. I didn't realize he went to Lustria that early. 
Of could... course, this is Games Workshop, so they could retcon everything that I just read out. That's true. That's true. Uh, it's ha It has been done before. Maybe a, a relative, though, certainly. I wouldn't suspect it'd be Wallach, but I wouldn't rule it out either, because once he fled uh, Blood Keep, I think he kind of disappears for a while as well. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, it looks like it looks like neither Harkin uh, or Luther Harkin nor Wallach work for this Harkin that we're getting as a as a border prince as a border uh, prince's kingdom. Yeah. Well, that's disappointing. Uh, but I, I it, probably why it's here is to illustrate that not all nobles are human, and that you know maybe a vampire that's fallen out of favor in Sylvania comes here and, and tries to start his own little empire of undeath, right? Yeah, it might be. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's pretty darn cool as well. Um, so the other thing I wanted to hit on with these Border Prince kingdoms here uh, is that kind of like the, what you saw in Bretonia, uh, it's, it's lousy with those orc skull and crossbones. And yes. What's neat about it, though, is that you see, like, there's some towns that are, like, right beside Orc and Goblin uh, enclaves. Like, I, what I would really like is a book uh, about the Border Princes. Like, some kind of campaign book or some kind of supplement that just goes and, and kind of fills in, even if it's just a snapshot look, right? And... and gives you some information, maybe some alternate paint schemes for your Bretonians or your empire or your Kislev to, to make them into these border prince kingdoms that we see. And I would love to know more about everyday life in the border princes and how the people deal with things like orcs and goblins at your doorstep. Any one of the terrifying things that you could see uh, just walking around uh black spider forest goblins sound awful i don't want to meet forest goblins especially ones with spiders uh which they all <laughs> seem to have yeah that's that's one thing i'd like to see i'd also like to see what's going to happen with the the poor uh red-headed stepchild of undeath which is the uh tomb kings because in one of these yeah I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that yeah. because there is this one interesting architectural feature on the map which is uh, the tomb of uh, Karitamen. And I had to look him up because I did not know who Karitamen was. But apparently uh, this guy um, appeared in, in uh, Warhammer Roleplay 2nd Edition as part of a campaign. And he has a, um, a tomb there in the Border Princess. So we do have at least a reference here to uh, the to the tomb kings and it's even more of a reference than we got uh w when we were looking at the kislev uh update to the map where it kind of showed us it showed us getting into chaos dwarf lands and it made yes. us think oh boy like you know how big is this game gonna be if they're if they're mentioning chaos dwarfs if they're they're kind of giving us a sneak peek there i mean if you're a, a tomb kings player this is I mean, it's it's way more than you had to start off with. And there is also, uh, if we're looking at the, the kind of blown up map that shows a lot more of the Badlands, uh, there's an obvious reference to, I think, one of the coastal cities of the Tomb Kings. There's a, there's a little scarab with a uh, 
kind of like a, a sun crown symbol just at the bottom of the Dragonback Mountains. And I think that is maybe yes. where Xandri is? Or maybe not Xandri. Oh, uh, mm. I'd have to look that up. I don't have my Tomb Kings book here with me. Yeah. Uh, I can look it up real quick. Sure thing. And the other thing I'll mention while you're doing that is that uh, a lot of Beastmen in the Badlands. Yes. Also, which is, I mean, you kind of expect Beastmen everywhere, but I didn't really know that you'd find them outside of, like, the big forests and things. And, uh, yeah, around Karak Azul, it seems like they got a real Beastman problem. Ooh. Ooh, what else do you find? I'm just thinking about Karak Eight Peaks and where in the Dwarven history this is going to fall. Uh, because Karak Eight Peaks, of course, has a uh, terrifyingly bleak history and i think this will be before i think this is after the fall but i think it might be before belagar makes his doomed expedition i'd also have to look that up yeah my, uh... it looks as if it is so i think the the uh, cracky the, the reconquest of Carrick eight peaks is in uh 2420 so that's uh yeah, after the uh, about a hundred years after the the Great War against Chaos. Okay, so yeah, we shouldn't we shouldn't see anything there. This is probably just a goblin layer at this point, I would presume. And like this, it's not Sandry, by the way. Oh, is it uh, not Sandry? City Sandry, Sandry is uh, further south. Oh, okay. According to this map of Nergara that I found, I'm going to see if I can locate what it should be then. Oh, thank you for looking that up. And I think more than anything, this is so new, right? We've we've seen, like, we, we knew kind of what to expect with the Empire, um, the, the time of three emperors. Bretonia is different, but it's recognizable. This stuff is all new, and I find it so much more interesting because of that. It's kind of like Kislev. Uh, Kislev never got as much attention as it should have. The Border Princes certainly never got really any attention. And uh, I, I'm just so curious what all of these things are going to mean and uh, if we're going to get any kind of explanation on what uh, what these different kingdoms, how they took shape and, and uh, how long they lasted. and because and I'd love to I'd love to get the whole history of them, to be honest. Um, yeah, one of these one of these kingdoms too uh, is Aquilina, and just the the shield with like the kind of sea serpent on it is is a little elf like to me. And That's I what just... I thought as well. It yeah. might be uh, a high elf enclave, mm -hmm. which would be really neat. And it looks like there are a couple of elven, uh, at least ports on this map as well. That looks like it's called Talshinar. Uh, by the Bay of Rex, uh, just at the tip of the Black Peninsula. And then there's one that looks like it might be ruined uh, because it seems like it has smoke billowing out of it, and I doubt that's a good thing. And uh, it's called Tor Anrock, and it's uh, just by the Dragonback Mountains, so on the other side of the Black Gulf from the Border Princes. So a little bit of elven presence there as well. Also, Atholoran really not too far from the Border Princes, no, uh, can definitely have some wood elf influence there. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that we've got on the larger map now. There's there's 
three places where we have wood elves. And I think that's going to be really, really neat. Mostly I want to see what forest spirits look like outside of Athalorn, or if there is forest spirits outside of Athalorn. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, because so far, at least as far as I know, uh, it was the forest of Lauren itself that was magical, and the wood elves just sort of started a symbiosis with it. Yeah, yeah, the the forest... And I know I've, I've mentioned this before, but that forest is so sinister by the time you get to 8th edition. You're just like, wow, guys, like, even you're not safe in here, really, like the Wood Elves. Uh, it's it, it's kind of wild, all the different glades and things, and uh, the way that time works or doesn't work in Athel Lauren is really, really neat. And the Elves is part of the forest. I think it's, I think their lore really benefited from the whole 8th edition uh well the the real kind of evolution from from 5th edition to 8th edition that they went through in those three books although i do have a very soft spot for the kind of classic wood elves where they're just like oh they're elves in the woods they live with the forest spirits like it's pretty great yeah uh, cuz you know it's it's not yeah, quite it's as grim dark uh, as it as it gets no more uh more of a happy Athaloran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can't seem to find what that uh, scarab with the sun around it is, is should be. Okay, well that's... I mean, there, there should be a, a tomb of... Um, uh, what was he called? Oh, I... I uh, no, I clicked the... Close the tab. Uh, but uh, there's a tomb of some guy, but that's on the other side of the Black Gulf. Oh, okay. So actually on the on the peninsula. And uh, you've also got the uh, dwarven mining city of Akrant there in the Dragonback Mountains, Mount Bloodhorn, Fallen Dwarf Hold, but that's also a long time ago. And as far as I can see, there's, there's no such thing as a Tomb King that has been uh, going into there and doing stuff over there. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what that's going to be. That tiny little scarab thing mm-hmm. that's a real a real mystery oh, well it's, it's neat to have something that is uh is not yet solved yeah so yeah all right well it leaves I, us wanting for the books exactly exactly i think that is about all i've got on the border princes super exciting i want to see more uh, but you know, there's, we, we have names and we have pictures, but we don't have a lot of information yet. thought it was worth talking about though, because the border princes need a lot of love as far as lore goes. And this is really helping fill that in. And, uh, we'll keep our eyes open for more developments as far as that goes. There's still so much of this map, I think that needs to be filled in for yeah the old world. Really can't wait until they get to Estallion to Lee as well. I am hoping so badly that they will bring back Dogs of War or maybe even give them their own faction. Maybe not even call them Dogs of War, but have those um, like Mediterranean armies available again. Uh, get me those pikemen and get me those wacky flyers with their contraptions and uh, Leonardo da Vinci with his... Uh, with the stuff, yeah. I would love to see city-states 
so lists for each of the the city states and you could have one big list and then kind of just restrict it to how each of the the cities prefers to do its its warfare and have maybe a a further list for yeah Talian or Estallian mercenaries abroad in the old world and and putting them into your armies oh man it'd be so good it'd be so yeah, so w- good it would, would be cool but i think that if you do that and, and you have all those different city states with, with where each one of those has a different play style that you will invariably have one or two that are way better than all the others and then all the others will never get played I mean, that's almost guaranteed the way Games but Workshop I'm, work, <laughs> writes. Yeah. I, I think any time that they've but, but ever had that. But then again, that, I, I have no, uh, no idea if, uh, for example, uh, uh, Slanesh is getting any less love than uh, Coronet Scenes or Nurgle in uh, competitive gaming, how, how those Chaos Forces are doing, like uh, the, the different gods of different entities. But then again, in 8th edition, you can just have an army with mixed units from all the gods so i don't think that really matters yeah and it could yeah it could even be something like that where those those themed lists for the city states if if we do get those that they're they're just kind of alternate play styles for the main list that that restrict some of your choices but maybe give you one or two good things on top of it i don't know i mean we we don't really know what the game's gonna look like at all so i just well, we don't we don't even know if we're going to get a uh a tilly uh yeah army books yeah i mean it and here's us speculating about here's it. us speculating again yeah and honestly i i'm not even sure if we should expect army books in the traditional sense or if we should expect uh books that are about like a certain campaign that give you multiple lists for for multiple factions involved in that campaign and that's how you kind of collect the books there's a lot of ways that games Workshop's changed its style since warhammer uh blew up and yes i i really am curious about how they're going to go about delivering these rules to us yeah i'm well uh, how is it going this time for uh, 40k? Do they still have those codexes for all the different factions, or is it more like the campaign thing that you mentioned? It's Be- it, it's it's everything. It's both of those. It's things. everything. Yeah. yeah. So they they all have a, a codex, and then each of those generally gets a little bit of an update in certain campaign books. So they'll release a campaign that's chaos space marines and regular space marines for example and all both of those will get new rules and and uh variant forces and stratagems and stuff so the the good thing about that is it does give you like a million ways to play the bad part about that is the codexes are 60 dollars or 70 dollars now they might be 70 dollars canadian uh and then the campaign books are at least 50 and so on and so forth and and depending on what army you play or if you want to keep your options open or even if you're just trying to keep up with the lore it's very very expensive uh so it's yeah. it's a big turnoff for a lot of people honestly i think the best thing that games workshop could do with the old world is give us give us army lists from the get-go and then build yeah, a ravening hordes type booklet yeah please please do a ravening hordes 
for and call it ravening hordes because i would yeah. love that throwback and everyone would love that throwback uh because i mean the people who are still around uh we're the lifers we're the ones that are you know we're gonna play this silly game until we're dead and we're always going to remember the stuff from older editions and if you pander to yes. us we'll really like it <laughs> and maybe i'll stop complaining so much about the lack of updates <laughs> to uh the old world probably not though probably not uh not until it comes out and then i'll stop complaining for a little while and then i'll find new and more interesting things to complain about you stay tuned for yes that. because <laughs> grumpy nathan is not going to remain quiet for long no no it's uh it, it's always in there somewhere grumpy nathan uh <laughs> i think i think we're pretty good here i don't i don't really have anything else to do i just want to do a quick episode no, to uh, uh main points cover are, the news. Uh... Uh, I think we, we addressed all the main points. Mm -hmm. uh, these all the things that uh, my eye had also caught, like the uh, the beastmen uh, down there in the Badlands, and uh, I'm curious to see how they will fill in those Badlands as well, because that's of course orc territory. Yeah, yeah. Oh, give me some so, sweet orc uh, symbols for the different clans down there. I would love yeah. that. Yeah, the the Badlands and. Yeah, there's... Oh, man, this map is still so empty. Like, Norska, we don't have anything in Norska. We don't have anything no. in Tali, Estalia. Uh, I don't have anything in the Darklands. I don't know if we'll get anything in the Darklands. Sylvania but, is but still... But Sylvania! Yeah. I need, like, eight things in Sylvania. I don't know how they're going to cram all that in there, but I, I need it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because, you know, when they did this and they, they released the three or four symbols for the empire up there. I was like, oh, wow, like, that's really cool. And then as this map has grown bigger and bigger and bigger, it's just like the empire looks so empty right now yeah, compared to sad. Bretonia and uh, the Border Princes. Even Kislev, there's only a handful of the uh, the big symbols. But I guess, yeah. I guess it's just less compartmentalized as kingdoms right like there's there's really only the yeah it's it's uh kislev is, is a lot of open step open tundra so mm -hmm. yeah that's that's okay but uh yeah at least the empire we should have all the main cities in there at some point yeah yeah i'm i'm definitely looking forward to once this map is done uh i really want a nice big print of it so I can put it somewhere, and then my wife will be like, why is this in our house? And I'll be like, because I love it. <laughs> because I need it. And I want to look at it all the time. Uh, because yes. as much as I've complained about this, I love this map. I think it's gorgeous. Um, it is, it is. It's, it's very beautifully executed. And, well, actually, all those empty areas just uh, get me excited for what's going to be in there. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's uh, it, it's like... You know, like, like any good uh, television series where you have a very slow build-up to the final episode and, and, and things progress really slowly, but that's part of the, 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 the charm of it, that you can actually savor those moments that, in this case, the map is being filled in. So, yeah, just keep those regular updates coming, Games Workshop, and give us a little bit here and a little bit there and uh yeah uh, give us something to talk about yeah i always love it when they give me something to talk about because usually i'm just making up silly things on my own here and it's funny you say like uh comparing it to a television show where it's it's that slow burn leading up to 
that explosive finale. Right now, we've got a slow burn leading up to the very beginning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're still waiting for this game to just begin. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. It is, and then then we're going to complain that they uh, once the uh, the explosive finale is there, we're going to complain that everything's being released too fast, so that we can't keep up, and that uh, we need to work overtime just to uh, get all the books and all the miniatures that we want. Oh yeah, yeah. I've already written those scripts. Like I'm primed. <laughs> I'm primed and ready to go to be like this. Release pace is too damn fast. Games Workshop, slow it down. <laughs> yeah. I I honestly I don't know that that'll be a problem. Just where further non-main games, so like the the stuff like Necromunda and uh, Blood Bowl and that kind of thing. I I feel like the release pace is far more moderate than for 40k or uh, Age of Sigmar. Yeah, even the Middle Earth strategy battle game has a very slow release base mm -hmm. at the moment. This they, is they, weird, they though, a because... a couple of models and a book every, what, a half a year or something? Yeah, it's very slow. I mean, it's... But at the same time, it's a, almost a complete range in itself, right? Like, it's it's been around for so long, and they've... Yeah, it is. You know, they've, they've kind of gotten all the main bits, and uh, those models still hold up. I still love those models. I love that scale, they do, too. They do, yeah. I wish... But there, there are still some models that uh, should be in there at some point, like the uh, the catapult trolls from the Hobbit that you see uh, uh, besieging the the city of Dale, or the um, uh, what's it, the, the the big uh, semaphore towers that Azok uses on Ravenhill. Oh yeah. yeah. So, uh, but 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 instead they give you a plastic witch king set and. Well, we do get some some Dolkudor ruins, which is cool. Those are those are pretty nice. Yeah, I actually yeah. really like the stuff that they've done since the the Hobbit release. As far as miniatures go, I thought they did a really good job on those. I I actually like them a lot they better did, than yeah. I like them in the movie because I I didn't like. Uh, <laughs> I liked the first movie just fine. It was this the second two that bothered me. And uh, but I really like the the minis that they made for all of those creatures uh, that I thought looked awful in fake CGI in the in the the last Hobbit movie. <laughs> but when I saw them as miniatures, I was like, wow, this is actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it does. And, and actually, uh, looking at those miniatures and even uh, painting them up, and then having that intimate, detailed experience with those miniatures, and then looking back at the movies you suddenly see a lot more things uh, in the movies that you didn't see before you had those miniatures in your hands. So uh, that goes for both Lord of the Rings and uh, and The Hobbit, by the way. Uh, uh, like the, the way the, uh, the Uruk-hai are portrayed in the movies, that you have those different kinds of Uruk-hai with uh, the... the um, well, not, not just the different weapons, but also the different helmets to show their their role in the army and if you just look at this mass of big reddish brown skin and uh, black metal armor you don't notice that necessarily and then you look at those miniatures you see those command miniatures and they have different helmets compared to the pikemen and compared to the crossbowmen yeah that's a really nice uh, way to get to know the detail but I believe we sort of went off on a tension there. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> it's all right. We've got one last thing that we wanted to do today, and that is you had a, a little guessing game for me. 
Yes, this is one that we have played before. It's uh, 20 questions. And the way that this works, I'll just uh, reiterate the rules here. Uh, you ask the question and I answer with yes or no. Uh, what we are looking for is something that is related to Warhammer Fantasy. And it can be anything, a unit, a person, a geographical location, a spell, an item, even the artillery die from last time. <laughs> now, each question that you ask will cost you one point, and each missed guess is also uh, that same one point. And you can buy up to three cryptic hints, uh, the hints will be fixed, and each hint will cost you one half of your remaining points rounded down. So if you ask for a hint right at the very start, you will only have ten more questions to ask before you... Um, slowly uh, uh, run out of points uh, but if you wait with those hints until the very end they don't cost you as much and you can use them as a sort of Hail Mary on the last um, last couple of points and then well let's see if you need them the uh, the hints or not so uh, are you ready for this I am. I am. I have. I have got four prepared. I don't know if we're going to do all four of them, but uh... we'll see how long it takes me to get through the first one. <laughs> we can. Yes. We can judge on that. All right. So, right. first question. Bring it on. Okay. Does Let's see now? I have to be tricky because last time you tricked me with that dice because I was I was pulling my hair out trying to think of something <laughs> in lore, and it was actually it was it was something that is on the tabletop. Uh, so I'm going to say the first question we're going to go with, is this a thing that is represented on the tabletop for, for Warhammer? Yes. Okay. Is this, does this thing have a model? It does. Okay. Okay. So we're either at a piece of scenery or we're at an actual miniature. So that's good. Let's go with... Does this thing have rules? It does have rules. It does have rules. Okay, so we're probably looking at a uh, some kind of creature, some kind of, of model in-game. All right, now let's see. Can we narrow this down? Uh, is this a thing from the forces of order? It is. It is. Okay, okay. We're doing well so far. All right. Let's see if we can narrow this down a little bit more. Uh, is this thing uh, from one of the human factions? It also is from one of the human factions. Ooh, okay. Yes. Okay. So this was your fifth question. Fifth question. All right. Uh, all right. Is it from the Empire? It is from the Empire. It is from the Empire. Okay. Ooh, okay. Is this a character? It is not a character. It's not it's a actually character. the first time I had to answer a yeah, question negatively, yeah. I believe. Yeah. I'm kind of hurt now. You hurt <laughs> you hurt me. All right. Uh is this Okay, so it's it's not a character. Uh is it a war machine? It is a war machine. It is a war machine. Okay. All right. So we don't have too many war machines. Oh, we do have a bunch in the uh in the empire uh let's see yeah but but you still got uh 12 questions left so i that's think there's true. less than 12 war machines you can just uh... <laughs> i can just rattle them off but <laughs> i do want to get those points so 
I'm, I'm trying now to think of what war machine you would pick. I gotta gotta play the quiz master here. Oh, uh, let's see if I can get it. I see, uh, it's gotta be something cool. It's not like because I, I feel like the mortar's not cool enough. Like mortars are all right, but like it's gotta be something like the hellblaster, the steam tank. I'm gonna go with let's go with the steam tank. It is not the steam tank. Ah, oh, all right. Is it the hellblaster? It is also not the hellblaster. Oh blaster. my god! It's gonna end up being the mortars. Oh, <laughs> oh, hellstorm rocket battery. Yes. Hey, okay. Absolutely Third correct. time's the charm. All right. Yes. That was pretty good. Very nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could also have gone with some of the um, uh, Steam Tank variants. Uh, oh, just that would have gotten you. But I, I <laughs> thought of that only after I'd already made this quiz. So, yeah, that's that's uh, 11 questions. So that's nine points for you on this round. All right. Uh, and if you're interested, the hints I had prepared were um, the first one, it's on the back lines. Okay. So that would probably tell you it's a war machine, uh, give them hell, and 4th of July. Okay, those are good good hints. Good so that hints. would probably give everything away, but uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's what those hints are for. Yeah, yeah. It, well, give them hell would definitely have said it would have to be either the Hellstorm Rocket or the Hellblaster Volley Gun. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, 4th of July is that. You can't get more obvious. If I didn't get it after that one, you have to shut it down. Like, yeah, oh, and then you'd have to shut out your podcast. And yeah, 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 yeah. You'd 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 be the new host. I would have to. <laughs> I would have to leave. Yeah. No, I can't deal with that responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do one more. That one was that one was nice and quick. Yeah, sure. Uh, got it here. So uh, go ahead. All right. All right. I mean, it, it worked. It worked last time. So I think we'll start with the the same question, if I can remember it. Which is uh, is this thing represented on the tabletop? Yes, it is. It is. Okay. Uh, does it have rules? It does have rules. It does have rules. Okay. All right. Is it... Let's see. So it's... Let's tie it this time. Is it uh, part of the forces of uh, destruction? It is not. It is not. Okay. Is it part of the forces forces of order? Uh, it should be. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to say it is. Okay. Cool uh all right all right so forces of order okay um is it part of an elven faction no okay all right is it part of a human faction it is part of a human faction oh okay okay i know there's gonna be a trick here i'm not sure what it's gonna be all right uh is this is this a uh character it is a character it is a character okay and characters okay well there's seven a few questions down god are we already 70 questions in uh oh yes all right uh, okay how about is this character a bretonian no okay i feel like you wouldn't choose empire twice in a row but maybe you did so i'll ask it anyway is this is this an empire character it is not it is not okay is this a dogs of war character? Yes. Okay, that was the third option. I should have I should have gone with that first because that's what I was thinking <laughs> uh, when you said sort of <laughs> for the like the forces of order. Yeah. I was like, okay, so it's it's not cut and dry. Yeah, true. Because yeah. dogs of war, they they didn't get an uh, an update in the um, right right eighth edition factions list. So maybe this should be neutral, like tomb kings and ogres. But yeah, yeah. All right. 
All right. Uh, okay. So it feels, feels more like order than than neutral anyway. But right. uh, oh, I'm really hoping you're not gonna make me try and pronounce the uh, the inventor guy, because I've I have just struggled with that too much in the past. I can't can't open those old wounds. Uh, let's go. Okay, I'm trying to think of all of the Dogs of War characters. Um, there's more than ten, and you have ten questions left. Yeah. Yeah. Especially so, for counting uh, unit champions. Oh god, the unit champions as well. Okay. Oh boy. All right. Does this character, does this character, have to be bought with a unit? No. No. Okay. Okay. So that that should take out some. So, ah, uh, let me think here. Is it Borgio the Besieger? No, it's not. Oh darn. He was the one I was thinking. Of. I love his weapon, by the way, the cannonball that he fashioned yes, into a mace. cannonball mace. That is easily <laughs> one of the best weapons uh, that anyone has ever wielded. Yeah, and, and and the reason that he got that cannonball is because it bounced off his armor after being shot, and that's because his armor was made of some bronze statue that they fished out of a swamp, uh, depicting some ancient god or goddess, and they thought, well, it just melted down and fashioned into an armor, and now it can stop cannonballs. Oh, that's really cool. All right. Uh, so. Eight questions left. Eight questions left. Oh, no. All right. I might just have to start guessing and uh, and hope for the best. I think that's what I'm going to do here. So, is it Lucrezia Belladonna? No, it's not. Ah, darn. Seven questions left. And you've also got your three hints that you can buy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm... So, if you buy a hint now, it will only cost you three points. Okay. I'm, I'm already tripping over this in my head. Is it Leonardo de Miri... Oh, I was so close. Miragliano. <laughs> is it Leonardo de, de Mir, Miragliano? Why it's is this... not Leonardo oh! de Miragliano. No, I would not do that to you. Oh, well, thanks. I mean, I did uh, it to myself I'm devious in different ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Six questions left. Six questions left. All right. Um, you know what? Give me a hint. All right, so that's three points that I'm going to mark down. So you've got now uh, three questions left. And the first hint is going to be a character that got two models. Oh, oh, a character that got... And, and then, uh, just to clarify, I'm talking about two iterations of the same character. Okay, okay. Oh boy, that... Oh, 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 is it, is it uh, Marco Colombo? Yes, it is. Oh, that was good. I'm glad I read that hit. Hit uh, took that hint because he wasn't. He was on my list, but he was way down. <laughs> he is the the only Dogs of War character I believe that ever got uh, two models released. That's interesting. Um, but a lot of characters, of course, from other factions got two models. So it's it's basically just judging from where you will be in the game when you ask these questions to see how much they give away but uh, yeah so uh, the other two hints were uh, Warhammer's Dora and 1492 okay Warhammer's uh, Dora is a fantastic hint I love that Thank that you. would have I would have gotten that right away and I, I don't know if I should be proud of that or not but <laughs> I, I, I love that as a hint uh, 1492 definitely would have done it uh yeah yeah that's that's good that's really good you know so his two models i remember one of them coming out around the lustria supplement 
Yeah, that, that's uh, the the newer one, I believe. Um, that was originally released for um, ten years of Games Workshop Spain. Um, and that's the. Uh, let me see here. That's that's the one where he's uh, standing on a treasure chest and he's got his uh, little iguana on his head and uh, on his shoulder, I believe, and and uh, um, like a golden skull thing in his hand that he's looking at and the other model is the uh, original fifth edition one where he's holding a couple of scrolls and uh, pointing with his other arm oh okay because I, I yeah i only remembered the one but i i thought there i thought there was two and i couldn't remember when that second one came out so or, or yeah, i guess when the first uh, one came out technically the first one yeah. indeed it is yeah. yeah yeah oh that was so good that was so good well, thank you for that. That was a an excellent game. We'll You're save welcome. save the yeah. rest for uh, another time because for uh, another time. Perfect. Yeah, we're about an hour and a half here, so we'll uh, we'll call it at, call it at that. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. This one was lots of fun. Next week, I think we'll go back and and do a deep dive somewhere because we haven't done a deep dive in a little while. There's been a lot of news recently, which is really nice, but we don't want to forget uh, the fussing over units changing between editions which is really the heart and soul of this show uh so i uh look forward to that and uh i think we're gonna have something a little bit special coming in a couple weeks i've thought of a an interesting way to uh do a ranking episode i think we're gonna give out some warhammer triple crowns and uh, I might do some community polling for that, looking for m units that were great on the tabletop, uh, had incredible lore and great models. And we might do it by addition. So uh, keep an eye open for those. That'll, that'll be coming down the pipe pretty soon. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the War Games Orchard. If you enjoy the show, why not join us on Patreon? There you'll gain access to all of our bonus content for any level of donation. It's a great way to help us keep going and enjoy extra Orchard content. If Patreon's not your thing, please consider giving us a 5-star review on your podcast platform of choice and sharing this show with friends. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard and The War Games Orchard, or by email at wargamesorchard at gmail.com.